0: This is a Head Gum Podcast.
1: 86 and in my wrote the first book. What came up last time for Baby Sitter's club?
2: So much work for ourselves. Why do we do those presentations first? <laughs> Brought you some wine, some water for O-wowing.
0: This is a useful technique for even people who don't know it from our show. O-wowing stands for one wine, one water.
2: <laughs> if you're trying to, to podcast, yeah, you're trying to be loose. But also Fun. hydrated. You just drink a wine, and then when you're done with that, you drink a water. Will you pour me one? Pour your own wine. I brought you a bottle. Give me a glass,
0: at least. Um, do you have any more loom stuff that you want to kind of do up
2: front? I, I got tons more loom Okay. Stuff. I can do more loom No, stuff. it's okay. Okay. Um, I want to
0: begin by telling a tale welcome to New York by the way man. In from Austin. It's a great segue. a
2: rare great segue from Tanner. Um, what's the furthest anyone in the crowd is here from? How f- Tennessee. 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 Just keep shouting. <laughs> anyone from Europe anyone from uh, um, Siberia? <laughs> no. Louse No
0: Dinner? Yeah. <laughs> what part of I want to begin by telling a tale <laughs> made you think it was a good time to ask people where they were from? <laughs> something you do at live shows. <laughs> um I my wife and I flew here from Austin and we brought our child. Cyril, um, because it's wrong to leave your child behind. <laughs> um, he is not here tonight, because uh, <laughs> way past his bedtime, and he would be a huge pain in the ass. Um, but we did get a babysitter, and that's the thing. <laughs> that's our show. In order to get a babysitter, I first, I asked a, a few friends whether they knew any babysitters. And apparently people in New York don't, like, get babysitting. Um, but we had two people respond. Um, one person was like, yeah, I got a babysitter. She's great. Another person was like, oh, I know this 13-year-old boy who's really Is good. Logan? <laughs> He's really responsible. <laughs> And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind?
2: <laughs> anyway, now I feel like a hypocrite. <sighs> Jack, you're, you're in from Austin. You're staying with your friend Josh, who's here tonight. Yeah. Hello, what Josh. R- what room are you staying in? What room am yeah, I Yeah, at staying? his house. What room are you staying in? I'm, st- I'm staying in, the, in his basement. Is that really like? Is there a room within the basement? or Is there just the basement? I'm, I'm staying. I need you to be specific. Is what I'm saying. I'm. S- Josh has a basement.
0: He has an Airbnb. He gave us the discount ring. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should all stay there. He's a he's a like a super Airbnb host. I I'm not
2: gonna name the, like the address. It's just something. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> <laughs> he is an Airbnb host, I'm sure it would just like help <laughs> oh, yeah, business. Just search Josh. It's something that Giorgio what's his last name? Trono. Trono, which means throne in Italian. Asks um probably Claudia, right? Yeah. This week in this book. Um I would find it, but I didn't prep. <laughs> it's definitely in the book if you read it. I'm sure you <laughs> saw it, but there. Did you catch it? Giorgio says a number of cre- creepy stuff. Oh, here it is. <laughs> okay. Giorgio's smile disappeared. Don't go up there, he said in a firm voice. Why not? Claudia asked. For one thing, the walk isn't safe, he said. And there are bats, and he paused before adding, who knows what is up in the attic. Christy took care of the rest of the introductions. Then Giorgio told us his grandparents had been caretakers of the mansion when Mr. Randolph was alive. They're retired now, he explained, but I'm still the summer gardener here. I practically lived here when I was a kid. What rooms are you guys staying in? <laughs> it's like a totally normal thing for like a 19-year-old dude to ask a bunch of 13-year-old girls. We're going to talk, I think... Josh, we'll... are you, you're here tonight, Josh, right? That's a good tip for your Airbnb business. Just like, once they book, be like, oh, by the way, don't go up to the fourth floor. <laughs> and also, what room are you planning on staying in? Josh Were you saying something? I was. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Get up here!
0: <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm worried because we're in her environs that Anne might be here.
2: Oh, no. No, she's she never leaves New Jersey. If, if Anne shows... She might be here, though. Peter, are you here? You have to tell us. (laughs) No, he politely told us he was definitely not coming. (laughs) So did David Levithan. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. A bunch of people from Scholastic had other engagements tonight. Now that's something. That's very surprising. What if they're like at some kind of like blood orgy? Do you think? <laughs> I do. Ooh. Pete, last chance. Okay, go ahead. Tanner, is there
0: any way we could introduce the show? Yes, please. Oh. Hi, hi.
2: And welcome to the babysitter's club. 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 Sit, let's try it again, everyone. When he says the second club, we all yell club. Okay. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's
0: Club. Club! Club. Good. I've never done it just once. <laughs> I am Jack Shepard.
2: <laughs> My name is Tanner Greenring. <laughs> Thank you. And this is Parallel Construction that we're in right now.
0: This is a podcast where we discuss the classic novels in the great sitter cycle by the hand that shakes. The princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats. She is the first of her name, the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. Thanks for listening, (laughs) Chad. This week we're going to be talking about a novel called Babysitter's Club. It's so difficult when she adds so many more words to it. Babysitter's Club, super mystery number one, Babysitter's. Haunted house. Look at
2: this <laughs> multimedia. I got the whole presentation on my phone. Um, it's a good one. It's there's a new ghostwriter in town.
0: Let's talk about Gene Bettencourt. Do we have a do we have a thing we do for this? Uh, I was thinking uh,
2: Bettencourt. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics to Eventide. Even flow. <laughs> Even flow. Even Tide is the name of a lobster place in Portland, Maine. <laughs> so, wait, hang on. You think that the thing for this is that we sing
0: her name G- to a song off Pearl G- Jam's 10. Nin, Nin, Flow. Is that <laughs> better or worse than Betancourt? What about I'm going to take you to Betancourt? Why is it always court? I stuff know, let not. But this is interesting. I had, I, we have never encountered her before. I, ch- I, lo- I looked this up. There are, there are a number of gross writers that we've missed in our podcast. There's a woman called Mary Lou Kennedy. Mary and Too Many Boys, Dawn and the Older Boy. Do you want me to look up anagrams? No, please don't. I already did. <laughs> and there's someone called Jan Carr who wrote Jesse and the Superb Rat. But Gene Betancourt... Her
2: palate is. Why, you, why do you refuse to hit the T on the end of her name, Betancourt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to call her Jeannie. <laughs> Jack and I met at a bar yesterday to like talk over what we're gonna talk about, and he just kept calling her Jeannie. I, <laughs> like, I think it's just Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I developed this affectation. <laughs> so here's what we know about Jeannie Betancourt. She wrote the first seven episodes of the BSC-TV series, which is... Oh, I watched that. It's bad. (laughs) She's the author of something called
2: Pony Pals. (laughs) I find it suspicious. That sounds like IP infringement. My little ponies. She wrote her first
0: children's book. This is from her website. Smile, How to Cope with Braces. In 1982, when her daughter Nicole had braces, so she's into telling women they should smile more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Strike for the patriarchy. (laughs) I am
0: very suspicious. She made a great book. This is a great book. This is a good novel. But here's what she's here's something that she says. Do you want me to pull it up now? Yeah. Done. Besides writing, I spend my time drawing, painting, reading, and gardening. I love to swim, bike, and tap dance. My favorite color would be many shades of blue. It is the sco- the color of the sky and the sea. It is also the
1: color of blood. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: two things about this: one, I'm certain that that's blood not orgy the case. is sounding more and more likely. That's the thing. Jean, are you here? <laughs> no.
1: Fuck. Okay.
2: So I'm worried about Jean. She's okay. She I, wrote one book. <laughs> Twenty five years ago. She's probably still living off the residuals of this thing. I bought it. It was like two ninety nine on
0: iBooks. It's very scary. It shows her dark side. I was thinking, Tanner, that maybe we could describe it.
2: Oh. Okay, you do it.
0: Okay? I'm not going to. Here's how we do this. I describe the book, then Tanner describes the book. We've been doing it for three years. We've never figured out a better way,
2: such as just having one of us describe the book. Jack does it in a way that is overwrought and obnoxious. (laughs) And then I do it for real. In just 60 seconds, which this book was like 268 pages. So that's an achievement. Did you read it? Yes. Be honest. Yes. Okay. Are you asking Baby Nation? No, I'm asking. Who who read the book out here?
0: (laughs) Amazing. Not enough of you.
2: I read it twice. Jack texted me, like, honestly, a month ago and was like, just read the book. Let me know when you're ready to talk about it. I was like, yeah. See you in a month. I finished it yesterday.
1: <laughs> I said, and I finished
2: that Loom presentation you saw about four hours ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I exit Tanner again this weekend being like, I'm reading the book, just like going through a few things. And he was like, we have to read it twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to describe the novel, and then I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big, back clock that I happen to have handy. and
2: <laughs> Do not... Yeah, where's give the away again. Hey, Jack, where's the clock? Jack, where's the clock you're always talking about? You got the whole crank up, wind up thing, and tick tock, tick tock. Oh, what's that I see on your on your desktop? Clock sound effect. <laughs> Dot wave. Ugh. Jerk. Also,
0: spoilers for Loom tonight. Do I have to go first? No, you go first. No, I go first. How long have we been doing this?
2: (laughs) Jack gave me a set list, by the way. (laughs) I'm supposed to refer to it. We're on descriptions.
1: (laughs) We've done intro and Gene
2: Betancourt.
0: Go ahead. I'm going to describe the novel. You're going to be quiet and listen. See. Then you're going to describe the novel. Look I'm at this. Be- I'm
2: already one wine and one water down, bud. <laughs> I'm going to begin now,
0: I think. Oh, I'm
2: going to have to pee so Shh. bad. Shh.
0: <laughs> this is the story of Tom Menders and his wife, Mrs. Menders. No first name given. This is the story of Marianne and Claudia and Stacy and Dawn and Christy, babysitters. I love what you're doing here. Babysitters, but also detectives but also so much more. But apart from any of these other things, this is the story of a haunting. A story about the ghost of our past actions. The apparition of our present laid out before us like an opportunity frozen in time. The spirit of our very future. This is a story of good and evil, of love and betrayal, of somewhat improbably two separate parades and of the sacred, cleansing, purifying, righteous power that even ghosts are afraid of, the power of good, old-fashioned babysitting and detective work in combination. This is a story of Babysitter's Super Mystery Number One, Babysitter's Haunted House. Tanner, I can hear the game you're playing. (laughs) I was looking at my notes. <laughs> Clearly you weren't. Uh, but I hope you were, because now I'm going to put sixty seconds on this big bad clock, and you're going to describe the novel. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes.
2: I'm trying to figure out whether I should be fair to you here and give me ninety seconds, because it's a super special. No. <laughs> normally, I normally. I, you know what? Not all of you know this, but Jack does the 90-second description for the super special books, and I always give him a fair and clean 90 seconds, but he's only giving me 60, which is fine. That's all I need. You know what? I only need 50. It's
0: like 300 pages. (laughs) Um, I always give Tanner a little bit of extra time, even though he doesn't know it, because I desperately want him to talk about the text of the novel. (laughs)
2: Wait, wait, wait. I have an idea. Okay. Vamp, <laughs>
0: you, you vamp, van, van. Okay.
2: <laughs> this
1: is a
0: novel. It's about a series of babysitters. <laughs> no. Oh, play it.
1: Ten or Googles. Oh, no! He spilled wine everywhere!
2: I spilled wine all over my laptop. <laughs> I'll be right back. This,
0: this is exactly how I expected this to go.
2: Okay. Are you ready to describe this novel here? Yes, I'm ready. One second. You're still googling.
0: No, I swear to God, if you if you describe the plot of.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm ready.
0: I. <sighs> All right, fine. Okay, I'm gonna put sixty seconds on this big bad clock, okay. but. Uh, Also, a rule. You're not allowed to describe the plot of House on a Haunted Hill. Okay, ready? Go. Now,
2: Stephen Crane is an author known for The Haunting of Hill House, an autobiographical novel about his childhood experience while residing in the Haunted Mansion along with his parents Hugh and Olivia and his younger siblings Shirley, Theo, Nell, and Luke. During their stay, the Crane family encounters uh, paranormal uh, occurrences. I guess I should be switching out the name. And is forced to flee without Claudia, who dies within the house, traumatizing the rest of the family. (laughs) Years later, Seth, Karen's stepdad, used his family's traumatic experiences to write his book, straining the bonds with his siblings, although it became a bestseller, Seth... Missed most of the frightening experiences and does not actually believe in the paranormal. Um, and that guy who I said before, Giorgio, goes to the bar where she... Oh, no, Theo's a woman. Uh, Christy goes to the bar where she flirts with a woman. Trish... Oh, fuck. I'm just... I am covered in wine. It looks good on
0: you. Um... So I think you guys are all now up to speed on the book, which is really important because we're about to talk about it without referring back, so I hope you've fully paid attention. Do you want to tell them anything, any of the things that happened?
2: Uh, they go to Maine <laughs> to spend time with Seth and Mommy, which is what Karen calls Watson's ex-wife Lisa. Because they bought, they're like invited to go hang out at this big haunted mansion with a f- like a bunch of friends of theirs, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then, for some reason, all the babysitter's club goes. <laughs> Except Jesse and Mallory, who are the youngest. They're only 11. They're forced to stay back in Stony Brook and, <laughs> and then babysit like, every, single, babysit person every, every single person in Stony Brook. <laughs> and they fuck it up, of course. <laughs> That's the B-plot, and it's totally unnecessary. It's a
0: catastrophe.
2: They meet this boy called Giorgio, who's very handsome, and he was the former caretaker of the house, and it turns out, like, it's a whole Scooby-Doo mystery, where, like, (laughs) the current caretakers are actually the nephew of the person who just died, and, like, he's trying to trick everyone into believing that the house is haunted so that they'll flee so that they get possession of the house, and, of course, the babysitter's club, 13-year-old girls (laughs) all figure this out, so... That's essentially the plot, right? (laughs) Look at how much wine I spilled. (laughs) So much.
0: Um, This shit gets fucking intense. Uh, This is a very serious and spooky novel. They're in a lot of danger, I feel like. These girls?
2: Yes. Like, explicit danger. Yeah. Like, there are criminals trying to, like, hurt them and scare them into leaving the house. Yeah, they're Scottish criminals. Yeah, they're Scottish.
0: Um, they escape. Uh, nobody gets them.
2: The diversion of cleaning is actually really nice for me. Like, I, I, I'm going to say it's things.
0: fucking great for me as well. <laughs> I was hoping that Tanner would often leave the stage. Um, and my dreams have come true tonight. You guys have got tonight. to see
2: this back room. It's so nice. <laughs> There's a little fridge
0: and a bathroom. I was hoping, Tanner, that with your permission, yes. we could talk about the three ghosts that Anne and Jean have put into this novel.
2: You want me to pull up that graphic now?
0: Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, some of them actual, some of them metaphorical. Some of them both. You want me to pull it up now? You do you, man. Okay. I'm ready. The first ghost in this novel is the ghost that does the haunting that is mentioned in the title. And then I believe Tanner talked about. Ghost. It's a
2: very spooky...
0: I asked for a very spooky ghost.
2: (laughs) Jack put me in charge of putting together the PowerPoint presentation for the show, so... This is the ghost you got, bud.
1: It's... (laughs)
2: It was the only one I found on the free stock art website. <laughs> it's okay. Well, so you're gonna have to imagine that it's very,
0: its genuinely scary. Um, I'll read you a passage. of something that Marianne says, um, and maybe she's exaggerating. I had this eerie feeling that I had gone back in time. As I took in the details of the room, I imagined another girl, a hundred years earlier, touching the very same curtain, seeing her reflection in the same mirror, sleeping in the same bed. A shiver ran up my spine. Then later, dawn. Dawn Dawn? was leaving. Sorry? I said dawn.
2: (laughs) Did you say dong? (laughs) You have to admit you say dawn to me. (laughs) You say it like Dong.
1: <laughs> Show of
2: applause. Does he say it like Dong? <laughs> See? Don't encourage it.
0: <laughs> Duan was leaning over me from the side of her bed. I looked up at her from the nest of blankets I would made for myself on the floor. Ghosts. I said sleepily. That is a very Marianne thing to say right after waking up. Ghosts. <laughs> I dreamed about ghosts. <laughs> that wasn't a dream, Dawn said. We heard one again last night, remember? That's the first ghost. The second ghost, I think, in this novel is the ghost from the Netflix original <laughs>
2: movie Spectral. That's why you asked me to put it in. <laughs> That's why I asked you to put it Just got an explicit like set of directions. From it was like, one slide, three pictures. <laughs> scary ghost photo, Netflix spectral.
0: I, I, who's seen it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. I have. I loved it. It's so good. Baby it's- Nation. So these soldiers are in, like, Russia? And they it's the future and everyone's dead and they fight ghosts and it, the Russian army has figured out a way to weaponize ghosts it is astonishing that we have
0: arrived at the year of our lord 2019 and only now do we finally have a movie about soldiers fighting ghosts right <laughs>
2: I've seen a lot of movies <laughs> but it took this long I'm a, I was a film major in college yeah I watched a lot of movies in that time. Never saw one about soldiers fighting ghosts. It's very, very good. It's as good as it sounds. It's very good. They have the ghosts. I can't believe none of you have seen it. Do you want us to give you another shot? Who's seen Spectral? (laughs) Unbelievable. Josh!
1: Josh! (laughs) Josh Josh has seen Spectral.
2: (laughs) Stay in his
0: Airbnb, people. <laughs> Josh is seeing spectral. So they have ghosts, but the ghosts are so bad that they have to send the army to fight the ghosts.
2: And they have special glasses so they can see the ghosts.
0: It's anyway, like 13 ghosts. Th- Starring Matthew a bit.
2: I think that it's inspired by this novel.
0: <laughs> the third ghost is the ghost of Stacy.
2: <laughs> Stacy's not in this book. Pow, pow, pow. I hate Stacy. Sorry, right. that's aggressive. I'm not a huge fan of Stacy. This book happened in the main canon series when they're all fighting with Stacy when what? she's like friends with the bad girls, so she's just not in it at all. What we call the interregnum. It's a time of great
0: instability in the club. Um so for, for people not familiar, Stacy's a babysitter. Uh, Yeah, there's
2: a bunch of them. She's one of them. She's one of them, but at some point very late in the series, she makes friends with a bunch of crime girls. (laughs) Yeah, she goes to a concert, a Blade concert? Blade. And does, oh no, it's You For Me. Right, right, right. Blade is a (laughs) different (laughs) fictional band within the the world of of the Babies of Sitters Club. She goes to a You For Me show, and all of her (laughs) bad girl friends make her do wine crimes. (laughs) which is just, I, when you're 13, that's just drinking wine. When you're 35, it's spilling it all over
1: <laughs>
2: two laptops and a stage. And then just leaving <laughs> during a live taping of your own fucking podcast.
0: We're good. We're back. Um but Stacey becomes attached to these these crime girls and she decides that she's so busy with them and her new boyfriend, bad boy, Robert Brew Doggy Brewster. Hang doggy. <laughs> yeah, deep cut. <laughs> um that she doesn't have time to be in the club anymore. And this novel it's, it's fascinating to revisit this. Um, because we had, uh, didn't read this com- contemporaneously, they have this whole vacation without Stacy, where they're exorcising the ghost of Stacy, and it's very. Tanner told me to put the spectral slide third. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, hit the spectral thing real
2: hard." <laughs> I was I was like, no, they'll Stacy. love it. They've all definitely seen it. <laughs> Egg on my face. But this is... Wine a, on my lap. This is
0: all... <laughs> I'll would, I would read a passage. My best friend... This is Claudia. This is sad.
2: Claudia is another babysitter. Do we have the sound effect?
1: For sad? No, we sad? didn't prep
0: that
2: one. No. Tearful <laughs> moment. Not in there. Sing a I'm sad
0: looking. song. Is there something sad?
2: Don't do brick. <laughs> <laughs> now all I can think of is brick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know it well enough. (laughs) Something. Yeah, you all sing it. No, I don't. I don't. No, no. I put me on the spot. I don't want it. I
0: don't want it. (laughs) This is Claudia, my best friend. Stacy McGill is a former member of the BSC. In fact, she's also my former best friend. Recently, there was a big fight between Stacy and the BSC, and as a result of that, she quit. Or was fired, depending on who's telling the story. <laughs> she and I haven't completely made up, but at least we're talking. No one else in the club is even speaking to her. It's still a big mess, and I'm pretty torn up about it. And then back in Stony Brook, Jesse and Mallory are also dealing with the ghost of Stacy because they don't have anyone to fucking call to do babysitting. And The
2: whole... BSC just crumbles. It falls apart back in Stony Brook. Like they're losing clients left and right. They're turning down jobs, and because it's Stony Brook, they're throwing like multiple parades. (laughs) Yeah, they invent
0: a holiday. I my theory is that Anne wrote this. That Jeannie wrote this book. And presented it to Anne and was like, okay, I've got this great book. Like, the the premises of the babysitters all leave and they go to this house and it's haunted, but it turns out that the ghosts are both metaphorical and real, some of them inspired by the Netflix original film (laughs) Spectral, and there's a Scottish butler who did it.
2: And Anne was just like, where's the parade? my mom is really grumpy with me too I told Jesse I explained that it's not my fault and all the sitters left town but she said we should have planned better I promised her I'd take her and my brothers all to Celebrate America Day (laughs) that's not a day (laughs) it's like the Purge universe (laughs) it's like the day after the Purge that's what it's called it's called Celebrate America Day it's like we all pitch in and clean up together there's a lot of bodies on the street.
0: The Braddocks are working on Jesse their... Jesse and
2: Matt will be there, pitching in.
0: <laughs> the Braddocks are working on their own make-your-own-rag-doll booth. Yeah.
2: Who has time for that? Very spooky. Okay. All right, Dan. Oh, let me refer to the... Uh... Don't! Okay, here's what I want to talk about. Yes, I'm ready. I very Sorry. specifically put all these note cards down to help sop up some of the wine, but now I just have a note card mess. It's like sending cats in to like clean up rats, and then like sending the dogs in to clean up cats, and then say say bats, please say bla- bats because it will be a gorillas to clean up
0: the dogs. There and... are, are there is a reason that we know that Anna Martin has never read this book. I don't know, oh, sure,
2: the bad stuff. It's
0: full of bats. Yeah. Anne, if you're here, now's the time to speak up. Anne? It's okay, Anne. Okay. We know that there is only one thing that she fears. <laughs> because we
2: stalk her Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know so much about Anne M. Martin. It's really problematic. Plus, her heart at some point. She revealed that she's afraid of bats. That's why one of her many epithets is "bane to bats. This book is fucking full of bats.
0: Um, there are bats in the attic, and one of the kids, this boy called Lionel, who is their babysitting for, is trying to figure out how to have a good time in Reese, Maine. Mm. And it turns out that the answer to that is to go to see the performance of
2: Dracula. Mm-hmm. You have not seen theater? <laughs> Until you've seen it in Reese, Maine. (laughs) I think is a made-up city. (laughs) It must be, right? Anne does this weird thing where, like, half the time she makes up cities and half the time she uses real cities, and it's like, you never know which one is made up and which is real, but... Yeah, so we end up offending a bunch of people by being like, Toronto? Yeah. What the fuck is that? Toronto? (laughs) That sounds made up.
0: Anyway, there are a lot of bats in this book. There's a lot of Dracula resonance, and I thought it would be useful for us to talk about vampiric typewriting, Dracula and its media. (laughs) One of the seminal... I'm going to tap out. (laughs) Tanner. Pieces of criticism of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Let me read you a passage. (laughs) And Tanner, I need you to pay attention, because you have to react to it.
2: That's Jack's serious voice. But actually, <laughs> do please pay attention.
0: What does this remind you of? This is from Vampiric Typewriting. Bring me there. Dracula and its Media by vampiric. Professor Jennifer Witt. What has been little remarked about the structure of Dracula is precisely how its narrative is ostensibly produced, its means of production. So, Mark's reference. <laughs> a narrative patchwork made up out of the combined journal entries, letters, and professional records, and newspaper clippings that the dowdy band of vampire hunters had separately written or collected. It is then collated and typed by the industrious Mina, wife of the first vampire target and ultimately a quasi-vampire herself. The multiplicity of narrative viewpoints has been well discussed, obviously. But the crucial fact is that all of these narrative pieces eventually comprising the manuscript we are said to have in our hands emanate from radically dissimilar and even state-of-the-art media forms. Dracula, draped in all its feudalism and medieval gore, is textually completely au courant. 19th century diaristic and epistolary effusion is invaded by cutting-edge technology in a transformation of the generic materials. It's got the word That's what you got out of it? ...of the text into a motley fusion of speech and writing, recording and transcribing, image and typography.
2: Tanner, what does this remind you of? Absolutely no idea. Dracula is comprised... Wait, is it Loom?
0: It's not Loom! (laughs) It's not a normal novel. It's comprised of a series of letters and transcribed recordings... That's what epistolary means. Thank you. That's the word that had piss in it. Tanner learned that from (laughs) Babysitter's Club Club episode number three, Boy Crazy Stacy. Yes. Which is an epistolary novel. Hang on. Where am I? Okay. (laughs) Lost in there for a second. It's a patchwork of different media and it is specifically expressing an anxiety about art in the... Age of Mechanical Reproduction, where we are recreating media, which is what vampires do. Right? They copy. They make copies of themselves. I think you're thinking of The Ring. No, I'm thinking of Ram Soker's That's Radagula. the plot of The Ring. And this novel and all of the super specials, which are that, Tanner? These books are not written as normal books. They begin with a letter. This one begins with... They I think, all begin with letters. This, The super specials yeah.
2: are a patchwork
0: of reproduced material. That's
2: true. Fuck. God, he gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's like true. Dracula. That's wow. why Anne's afraid of bats. That's why Jeannie
0: put Dracula in this novel. Gene... <laughs> That's why she loves blood so much.
2: What a long fucking walk. (laughs) I just, I was 20 minutes was
0: for that. (laughs) At some point in my life, I read this essay
2: Dracula and Vampiric Typewriting, and it's never been useful. (laughs) Is this your life? Is this all you do is like you catalog everything you read and like, oh, I can't wait. Maybe to- that'll come in handy when- <laughs> one day. Read this in front of 200 people. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? do a whole bunch like just flood facebook with one like one prayer please go donate to my gofundme i need to bring my website wetterhelp.com back from the brink betterhelp.com they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement i said well you know we're on the dark web you guys are on the surface web our whole thing is like getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet, that's us. Like that's what we do. Share this with a friend. One, like one prayer. I will follow through on the like prayer stuff too. I will be praying all night. I would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com. Um, of course I can't, I am evil Tanner. I can only use the deep web. We do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com. Um, it's called worsehelp.com. It's not good, but I think betterhelp.com is great from everything I've heard Do you want me to?
0: Oh. what's next. Okay? okay, here's
2: what's next. <laughs> I'm trying to find it in my own notes, too. Here we go. I found it. <clears throat> okay,
0: so this is a segment, and I feel like we've never, we never know really how to introduce it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we've been at this for three years, but. <laughs> It's called Track, Track and Baggy. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. That's from Lost. <laughs> this is a segment about a boy in the Babysitter's Club novels called Jackie Radowski. He's one of the cities. Uh, we have this theory, although proven, proven many times. We have a fact. Yep. <laughs> that this boy is unstuck from time, and he constantly blips in and out of time and lives whole lifetimes in the distant past or the the distant future or the near past or the near future or the present. And uh, when he blips, when he gets into like a, a disaster, like when he trips over a cat and falls into a pool. The only thing I could think of was a pool full of hot dogs, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but when that happens, we think that what is probably happening is he is living out an entire lifetime informed by whatever disaster he's encountering. Is that about the longest right. then he
0: blips back and into then he blips the back the present yeah. moment. It's like Russian doll
2: except with time travel. Very good reference Jack. Mm-hmm. Who's seen Russian doll? Another Netflix original <laughs> and yet you've never seen Spectral <laughs> <laughs> They're both on Netflix people. <laughs> Unbelievable
1: <laughs>
0: So there is a brief Jackie mention in this book.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: do you want to read? You want to read the Jackie mention? Yeah, let me read. And the then Jackie I'll tell you mention.
2: what happened to him. And then you tell me what happened yeah. to him. Jesse, I shouted into the phone a couple hours after our Friday meeting. I've had a great idea. I know what we can do with the kids we're sitting for on Celebrate America Day. <laughs> 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 I realized that Jesse was probably holding the phone about three feet from her ear. By then, I lowered my voice. We can be the BSC on wheels and decorate the kids and their wheels in red, white, and blue. Those wheel-shaped chuckles inspired me. No idea what that is. This is real shit that Gene just wrote into this. Chuckles, Gene? You mean the kids will ride bikes, Jesse asked? No, not bikes, I said. Whatever they want that's on wheels. Skateboards, rollerblades big wheels, anything, and we'll make a sign. Next, I called the Radowskis. Mrs. Radowski thought it would be a great idea for us to roll together in the parade. <laughs> that's, in, that's not my quotes, that's jeans. <laughs> but I knew it was more important that the Radowsky kids have a plan, so I asked to speak to each of them, starting with Jackie. Sure, Jackie, the walking disaster said when he heard the idea. I haven't had an accident in a long time, and my bike's not busted anymore. I decided to ask my dad to keep an extra close eye on Jackie. The rolling disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Blip.
0: (laughs) The year is 523. Jackie is shrouded in darkness as he has been for days. It doesn't help that he's been shackled to a wall Forced to subsist on dried husks of bread and gruel when his jailers remember to feed him. Serves him right to have gotten a job working for an Ostrogoth. But he's not upset. In fact, he has a smile on his face. Because while he's been incarcerated, he's had time to turn his prodigious intellect toward the consolations that only philosophy can bring. The knowledge that when Lady Fortune smiles at you atop her great wheel, it means only that a time will soon come when the wheel will turn and crush you beneath its oblivious spokes. He's even had time to write some of this down. But that time has passed now because the jailers are returning. Not with food this time, but with an order to bring him in front of the Ostrogothic King Theodoric the Great to face a charge of treason. As the, axe, as the executioner's axe begins to fall, time slows, and Jackie, or as he is known in this lifetime, Boethius,
1: <clears throat>
0: thinks about all of the infinite lives and deaths he has lived, the good times and the bad, the relentless turning of what he has famously called the Wheel of fortune. Or what, in another lifetime, some 1472 years later, he would call
2: the Rolling Disaster. When I looked around at our 15 kids, it was hard to believe that we'd been so nervous about Celebrate America. (laughs) All the kids were sticking together and happy about the parade, and Mr. Braddock videotaped us, which was great because I wanted Christy to see how Sam looked. He held our lead sign up high as he wove down the street on his unicycle. What the fuck are they doing in Stony Brook? The sign read, BSC Kids on Wheel. That's dark. Also, he's definitely weaving around bodies. Our closing sign was pinned to Vanessa and Becca. They said, keep the good times rolling. (laughs) Chucky, my man. <laughs> I noticed during that whole th- Boepheus thing you said something about bread. Yep. Hit it.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of bread in this book. Let's see if I captured it. I know I did. I have it right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's convenient.
0: So there's a there's a B-plot back in Stony Brook, and Jesse and Mal are into trouble because everybody needs babysitters,
2: and normally there are seven, but now there are only two. Got it. Thank you for stalling for me. Mal, okay. quiet down. <laughs> I said... Okay, so Mal goes to visit Logan because she's like, they're overwhelmed, and Logan's like working his day job at the Rosebud Cafe, and he's like, I can't sit, I'm working my day job. So Mal goes to confront him at the Rosebud Cafe. When you guys didn't call with a job, I figured I was free. Now I was slicing French bread. This is a Logan chapter, by the way. So I told this guy, Carlos, I'd take his shift. You'll have to find someone else to sit. There is no one else, Mal shrieked. She was getting so panicky her face turned as red as her hair and she was moving around like a Mexican jumping bean. Mal, quiet down, I said. I picked up another loaf of bread to slice. (laughs) Get a grip. She violently grabbed the bread from my hand and shook it. You get a grip, she said, between clenched teeth, the loaf of bread folding like a rag doll.
0: Folks who haven't listened to the podcast, are you following? <laughs> the, br- the bread and the dolls are coming together. That's a huge deal. It's very important. It's never happened before. And Jeannie just fucking put Gene. it in. Gene! <laughs> Here's another thing that Gene did Logan works at the Rosebud Cafe, and it only serves bread. Yeah It only serves bread
2: Yeah, I caught that too
0: (laughs) I was pretty surprised when Mallory Pike burst in I cleared the tables and served water and bread (laughs) Okay. Nothing else Uh, I'll stay right here Mallory stood between the counter where I pick up water and bread and the door to the kitchen where I take trays of dirty dishes. As I made trips back and forth, Mal told me what had happened at the Monday BSC meeting. By then, Mal was wringing the bread like a handkerchief. I guess I better take your shift, Geraldine said, before all we have left to serve the
2: customers are breadcrumbs. Hey, Geraldine, why not the rest of the food you (laughs) serve? What do you mean, all we have left is breadcrumbs? Tanner.
0: Yes. We have only scratched the surface of what has come to be called bread theory. theory. Yep. And I don't know the answer, but you do.
2: And oh, uh, gosh. I thought that now... No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to, th- to reveal what bread theory finally, finally is. A- We have all these people who
0: have come from so
1: far.
2: Oh, yeah, and I'm ready to. Oh, what's this? I'm getting a call. (laughs) Sorry, one second. President Barack Obama. (laughs) You don't want me to tell them? (laughs) National secrets? International secrets? I shouldn't tell them. Okay, I won't. Oh, sorry, guys, bad news. (laughs) Who that, that was President Barack Obama. <laughs> he doesn't want me to tell you about bread theory. And I would, totally would, and I know what it is, and definitely have a f- full complex theory about why everything in these books f- comes back to bread, and why it's all bread all the way down, but... I just can't reveal a National secret. Could you give us a taste? No, sorry. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I could, huh? Ugh, <laughs> ugh! Anyway, it's all bread. (laughs) All the way down. Everything in these books is bread. Yep. It started with this character called Non White. (laughs) Non is a type of bread, white is a type of bread. Bingo, bango. (laughs) It checks
0: out. (laughs)
2: It's occurring to her now that maybe her name is Nan.
0: It is Nan. Of course it's Nan. <laughs> Chrissy has a grandmother whose name is Nanny, obviously. Nanny. <laughs> the tenor has been calling her Nanny for three years. Listen,
2: genie bed cork. Okay. <clears throat> ring, ring. Ring, ring. <laughs> ring, ring, Jack. Was Jack, it? ring, ring.
0: Is the phone ringing?
2: I don't know. I think it's probably on your end. Oh. Of the desk. <laughs> uh.
1: Hello? <clears throat> oh. oh. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> Hello? Hello?
0: Hello? Is there anybody here? This is, uh, Goliath. Hi, buddy. Um, hello? We're we're in a meeting. I feel like we're... Sure started the meeting on
2: time. This is an important... Uh, actually, I think I'm Goliath Arbody. <coughs> <Okay. laughs> sorry, sorry, I, 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 I just... called you, so <laughs> I panicked because we we're in this meeting. And oh, <clears throat> remind, uh, remind me, who did I call again? This is Mark. Mark.
0: Yeah. Sorry. This is
2: Dave. Daveson. Dave. Oh, hey, man, it's me, your boss. Goliath, uh, Goliath, our body. <laughs> Just uh, looking through my notes here. Uh,
0: yeah, why did you call? You call this emergency meeting of the um, of our company, SinterTech?
2: Yeah, it's time for the annual board meeting. Oh yes, Just wanted of to get us all in the same room. Sorry you couldn't be here in the office, Dave. <clears throat> Dave. Uh, Mark. Dave. Dave. I just wanted to really quickly read this passage from a Babysitter's Club book to kind of like (laughs) help give us a shape for the meeting a little bit. We took seats at one end of the huge dining room table. I'm going to stop saying massive, huge, and big, trust me. (laughs) Everything in this place except the people was oversized. When we had passed around the lemonade, Mr. Menders said, Why don't we go around the table and introduce ourselves? Say your name and something about yourself. That'll help the sitters get to know the kids and vice versa. I decided that Mr. Menders must be a corporate business type <laughs> who was used to running meetings. Now, Mark, <coughs> Dave, <clears throat> Dave, 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 <clears throat> this guy sounds like a real thought leader, <laughs> Mr. Menders. And you and I are businessmen, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So I thought maybe we could just go around the table, introduce ourselves, and say a fun fact about ourselves. That sounds like a great way of conducting a board meeting. <laughs>
0: shall, I, shall I start? My name is okay. Goliath
2: Hardbody. <clears throat> <clears throat> I run a company called Hardbody Industries. Um, we recently acquired a young babysitter startup called... The Babysitter's Club... Uh, what was it called? The we no, it was the um, Babysitters Inc. Babysitters Inc. We we heard kids call- kids, kids kids incorporated. incorporated. <laughs> um, and a textile company called SinterTech. <laughs> Very proud of both of those acquisitions. And you are, <clears throat> um, I'm uh, Dave
0: Davison, and as everyone here will know, I'm. Uh,
2: Trapped in the Cauliflower Universe. <laughs> and Very confusing thing to say to people who are not familiar with our show. <laughs> would love. yes, Dave Davison is trapped in the Cauliflower Universe. I was
0: hoping that you would rescue us.
2: Oh, um, oh, uh, sorry, um, actually, oh, uh, uh, you're breaking up. <clears throat> okay. Should we do more?
1: Uh...
2: And I... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, um... The Hermes. <laughs> you are going to do more. Okay. Here. You're a new guy now. Yeah. F-
0: <laughs> firm balls. <laughs> um, and a fun fact about myself is that I was uh, dropped on my head as a child.
2: <laughs> it's not a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am Hippolyta gun nuts <laughs> <laughs> And my fun fact is that I come from a mystical island called Loom <laughs> and I belong to the guild of the weavers. <laughs> um sure, you know what would be fun? What? Does we'll, anyone else want to come up and join our board meeting? <laughs> You have to come up with a stupid name for yourself. Josh? Yeah, Josh.
0: <laughs> He's letting us stay in his Airbnb for the discount rain. <laughs> we won't make him come up. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I should introduce myself. I'm I'm Perseus uh, Swift Bottom. And uh, I don't work here. I just like the, the sounds of the names of all the employees.
2: I think that's enough role play. <laughs> <laughs> I brought all these props from home. How do you have so many businessman props? <laughs> I bought them all for this. Tanner, um, could I ask you a question? Yes. Um,
0: did you? Uh, oh, and this is this is this will be fun for people who don't know what the podcast is. <laughs> finally, we after some territory... <laughs> This is maybe a little obscure. You will all, I assume, be familiar with the popular hashtag on Twitter.
2: I wish you would at once come up with a good name for this, but I guess it's this forever. Hashtag. Swoon. (sighs) Ugh. Pornographic.
0: (laughs) Hashtag swoon. I will tell you something, the first time that I hashtag swooned tonight... Was when KJ from The Odyssey played our Babysitters Club theme.
2: Yes, very good.
0: Um, Big hashtag swoon moment there. But did you have a hashtag swoon moment? (sighs) Yeah,
2: here's mine. This novel. Here's what the stranger looked like one of those brooding teenage rebel loners. A sinister one with his black t-shirt, black jeans, and those sunglasses. But it wasn't the clothes that made him seem sinister as much as his looks. He had straight black hair, heavy eyebrows, and a crooked smile. Hi. Let me <clears throat> let me hit that more masculinely. Hi. <laughs> it's fine. He said when he reached us. try try it a little more sinister okay hi (laughs) he said when he reached us hi we all answered he stopped we did too so later later Giorgio says the following oh that's Giorgio Trono by the way
0: Giorgio Trono which means throne nothing comes of it He's this handsome boy. Do you want me to look up anagrams? No, please. <laughs> He's very handsome. He's got dark, sinister eyebrows. Um, he says the following thing. I want to say I want to say a nice thing about him, and then a, a, a less nice thing about him.
2: And then you say a nice thing again. It's called the compliment sandwich. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he says this nice thing that is very hashtag swoon. You guys know the hashtag on Twitter, right? Hashtag swoon. It's not a thing. It's
2: not a thing. Jack made it up. It's not a thing That's for when someone's very handsome. It's called Immersed in Thirst. (laughs) Play the sound effect again. Immersed in Thirst.
0: So you've been hanging around us because you were suspicious of the
2: Coopers, I asked? That's the Scottish couple. They did the crime. Oh, yeah. We haven't really gotten into the plot much, huh? What
1: happened?
2: (laughs) We'll never tell.
0: (laughs) Okay, so there's this Read guy the called book. Bobbin Yeah, <laughs> He's a loom master in the Guild of the Weaver. He's not a loom master. <laughs> He's the loom born. <laughs> That's the second reason. Yeah, fucking casual. Giorgio said. He smiled at Claude. The first reason I've been hanging around you is because of Claudia.
2: He's 19. Yeah, he's 19. Claudia is 13, but she lies and says she's 16. Okay, but here's the thing. It's still, no, still not good. Still, still not good, but,
0: but and also. I didn't say that as a defense. But and also. So, whatever. Maybe we'll give him a little bit of credit. But then he spends Ray the Jacks. rest of the book hanging out with Christy and Marianne. Not Stacy.
2: No, thank God.
0: (laughs) At least he's no Travis, and Gene goes to great lengths to point this out. I think I drove Don crazy while we were changing. Every time either one of us said something nice about Giorgio, I'd add, Do you think he's too old for me? Yes, Claudia. (laughs) Don reminded me about her experience with an older guy named fucking Travis. We agreed that Giorgio was a lot nicer than Travis. (laughs) But still. Okay, can we take ha- hashtag swoon back? Oh, so I people have probably already tweeted it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Ugh!
2: Please don't drag. He's handsome us. and sinister, and he has dark eyebrows, Georgiou's but canceled. he's bad and he's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> he's very handsome, but he is a predator. <laughs> Let's take it back. Let's take hashtags with back. Let's do a different bit instead. Okay. Um, As all of you are aware, when you walked in today, I handed each of you a frog, (laughs) thus making you all losers in the great game called the Wandering Frog. People, and thus making me the supreme winner, even though Jack also frogged me on the way out today. There's lots of frogging in this book, uh, much like me, master of the, the, fro- the game of wandering frog. Oh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, if you hand anyone a frog of some sort, a toy, a real frog, whatever, you have frogged them, and they are losing the game, and you are winning the game.
0: Everyone in the world is playing. Right. And, and has hidden the rules to this game.
2: In the books.
0: In a delicate tapestry. That is the great sitter cycle.
2: So, if you're wondering why I hand you a frog, that's why you're losing. Sorry. And I'm winning. And someone else is winning this week, and it's um, Andrew. What's his last name? Brewer. (laughs) Andrew Brewer is uh, Christy Thomas's um, half brother, son of Watson Brewer.
0: Fucking casual.
2: I hated that. (laughs) Anyway, Andrew spends the entire book pretending he's a frog. He frogs literally everyone he meets. Just like one after the other, like cannot, will not rest until everyone is frogged. He even does the most brutal frogging of all time, which my phone is not loading, so I'm just going to have to flip through the slides this way. (laughs) He gets his own chapter.
0: It's dark. It's weird to be in the mind of a four-year-old.
2: And he begins it like this. Dear Daddy, that's Watson. Ribbit, I am a frog. <laughs> I saw a boat. XXOO, Andrew. Just a brutal, interstate, patricidal <laughs> frogging on behalf of Andrew. That is how you say that.
0: But Jack, imagine finding out that your own son is a frog, and that's how you lose.
2: Uh, but go ahead and put that, put that stereo plug right into my computer, because it's not Uh-oh. the only thing Andrew was this week. He was not just a frog. After breakfast, Christy and Jason headed off to the ball field. Lionel said he'd stay home and read Dracula, the novel by Bram Stoker. He wanted to read the novel before he saw the play. The rest of us walked the half mile to Reese Community Pool. It was such a huge pool near the ocean. That morning, the pool was divided in half by a buoy rope. One half was reserved for the members of the swim team who were waiting poolside in their matching navy and white suits. And the other half of the pool was open for free general swim. There was also a kiddie pool, which is perfect for Andrew the boat. (laughs) They shoot arrows and they turn into the planes. Okay, anyway.
0: Okay, so. This is, this is an anime <laughs> called
2: Can Kalei. There's a popular show in Japan called Boat Girls. It's called Boat Girls. We call it Boat Girls. It's, I would say it's a companion piece to the Babysitter's Club, right? It's directly inspired. I think Andrew the Boat. Yeah. Is probably a direct. So the, thi-
0: the thing is, you read this this weekend. Yeah. And the thing that you got out of
2: it. <laughs> was the obvious reference to Ken is Bo Girls. Yeah.
0: It's, so it's a show. <laughs> Tanner and I went to Tokyo once.
2: Yep. That's where we got Tomoyo.
0: That's where we got Tomoyo. It's not a Bo Girl. We tried to go to every vending machine, and we got Tomoyo. We went to a vending machine that
2: gave us an anime girl.
0: You put money in and you don't know what's gonna come out. Yeah.
2: Sometimes it's headphones, sometimes it's soup, sometimes it's underpants. One time it was underpants. Used underpants.
0: <laughs> we knew what it was gonna be with that one.
2: I took a picture, it was at a porn shop. I took a picture of Jack using the underpants vending machine, and a guy came up to me and was like, absolutely no <laughs> pictures allowed in here. And I was like, no yeah, one has no, ever thought sense. to take
0: a picture of this moment before. <laughs>
2: You are the first. Boat girls. They're girls and they're boats. And Andrew is a boy and a boat.
0: They're girls and they're also boats.
2: Anne's obsessed it
0: with it. No, please.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tanner can ask you a question.
2: That's the fucking Remains question. To be, yeah. We have no idea. The question Thank was if whether they are girl-sized boats or boat-sized girls. That no idea. That is the question. It's, mm. Some of them are archers and they shoot planes. Uh, Jackie,
0: I have a question for you. Mm -hmm.
2: Let's hear it. I I would like
0: to know whether this week of all weeks, you had a... Oh, wait, you no,
1: stop, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Can't believe they
2: let us do a live show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you cuck, <laughs> <You dickhead. laughs> cuck,
2: Surprise, Tanner! Was the whole thing, the whole stereo <laughs> thing a, a ruse? <laughs> I just turned into this kid.
0: Um, we're going to talk about... Claudia's Closet segment, where we talk about what Claudia wore.
2: She wears some stuff this week. Claudia's a babysitter. Oh, I got this sweater to try to emulate a Claudia outfit, okay. by the way. That ha- that works. Dress as (laughs) honey.
0: I feel like Claudia wouldn't be quite so literal.
2: She is the most literal dresser (laughs) in the world. She's like, I'm going to dress as the sea.
0: (laughs) Don't do that. Or if you are going to do that, at least say... Milady. Milady.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm ready.
0: I've got one. Okay.
2: Do you have one or do, you, do I have one? Wednesday okay. was our night off. We had big plans, pizza, and summer stock production of Dracula. I put my black gauze skirt on. Okay. In a red tank top and tied my white silk bomber jacket around my <laughs> waist. Then I put on my airplane earrings. Cancelet. <laughs> Don Christy, and Marianne came into my room to keep me company. So she's a... She's a girl-sized
0: aircraft carrier. Yes.
2: I'm confused about black gauze dress. What does that mean? Is it gauze?
0: I think it's, it's a medical thing.
2: Yeah. So you take gauze... Yeah. You turn it, you dye it black. This is medical grade gauze. I. Fucking tool. No and tell them. And then you just wrap it around is your body. Is there a tool song
0: called Gauze? Are you saying Tool? Tanner Sing sober.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how it's. It's like a song. deep
0: cut Tool song too. It's the only one I know because it was. Why
1: can't we just get oh, Jack sober? Jack is singing now.
2: <laughs> Let's wrap this up, bud, huh? Now that you're singing. Here's what Claudia wears tonight.
0: The rest of us wore ordinary shorts and T-shirts for traveling, but not Claude. She had on a pair of bright blue Lycra biker shorts. A black lacy tank top A man's white dress shirt Baggy purple and white check sh- socks Red high tops And a pair of big gold hoop earrings Fucking With mess. a brightly colored wooden parrot Perched on each other She was carrying this humongous Bright yellow plastic beach bag <laughs> Stuffed with junk food for the trip Hi everybody <laughs> Claudia called out Tanner, did you this week have
1: a <gasps> burn of the Week! Yes. Pen.
0: This is a this is a burn light book. Gene, Gene is not Gene is not big on the burns. Berms. So
2: I did my fucking best. But I caught one. Okay. Another feature of my room, this is Claudia. They do the meetings at Claudia's house. Another feature of my room offers... That's why she's the VP. She's got a phone in her room. Yeah. Another feature my room offers is a good supply of junk food. I collect it and share it. No one goes hungry during the BSC meetings. One of her titles is Snacksar. Not even Dawn, who's into health food. That's why, while we were complaining about our overstuffed schedules, I was looking for something. Looking for something healthy for Dawn to eat, I opened an up, unopened bag of rice cakes under my bed and handed them to her. I got these for you, I said. Though you could just chew on shredded paper and it would taste just the same. That's a that's a Benton Court burn. It's, it's a, fine.
0: It's a burn on people who are trying to fucking eat healthy, right? And vegetarian. Thanks, Genie. Was your diet of blue blood? Did you have one? Yeah, of course I fucking had one. Here's my burn, and it's in the B-plot.
2: I'm trying to squeeze one more oh wow in. (laughs) Did I explain oh wow at the top? Sorry, it's been a long night.
0: The BSC phone finally rang. It was Mrs. Prezioso. Ow! (laughs) Wanting a... Don't cheer for Madeline. Wanting a sitter on Celebrate America Day. Of course she did. Everyone in town wants a sitter for Celebrate America Day.
2: She had to purge. <laughs> she went and killed as many young boy basketball <laughs> players as possible so she could have her husband back. By the way, uh, Mr. Prezioso jerseys are on sale at the <laughs> table. For Jenny, Andrea, and the twins.
0: I looked at the list of times Shannon and Logan were available to take jobs. Neither of them had listed that day. Cause Logan has a job. And Shannon is busy. Sorry, Mrs. Prezioso, I said. There aren't any sitters available. When I hung up, I told Jesse, you know what Mrs. Prezioso said? But I thought the point of the club was to have sitters available. <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> Fuck you, Madeline.
2: Tanner. Why do you know her first name? <laughs> it's not in this book. I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know why I know it. We weirdly, like... I think Jack and I probably know the first and last names of literally every citizen of Stony Brook. <laughs> A fictional town. Mr.
0: Pro- Prezioso has no first name. It's Nick. I def- it's Nick!
2: It's Nick. And that comes from someone in one of our Mr. Prezioso (laughs) Boys basketball jerseys available at the merch table. Lovingly attended by my wife, Jamie Greenring.
0: Was there a famous Nick basketball man?
2: I don't know. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, how about the New York Knicks? (laughs) There there it was, thank you. (laughs) Maybe you should come up here and host this podcast.
0: Tanner, I was thinking we should get the fuck out of here.
2: I would love that. It is (laughs) 10.15. We have been here for three and a half
1: hours.
2: (laughs) Oh, I didn't have a terrible moment, and Jack didn't prepare the sound clip. (laughs) I did not cry. Jeannie is not big. Jeannie She's not, not a, no. emotional.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, if this... Yeah, Jackie, hit him. Hit him with the... Let's just do requests. Audience requests. <laughs> let's spend an hour doing audience requests. <laughs> Go ahead. Hit him with the Scottish accent. You, Jack, you know what? Jack says he can do any accent. No, that's not true. <laughs> Give him South Africa, and I won't.
0: South Africa. I'm not. I'm not gonna be baited into doing accents up here. Right when we were about to get out of here
2: unscathed. <laughs> He's really good at South Africa. <laughs> you, should, you guys should hear my Australian accent. do it. Give him a little uh, um, frightened rabbits. Is that what it's called? The band. Yeah, frightened. Rabbit. We were driving down here today, and Jack was like, "Oh, one time I went and saw frightened rabbit when it was just fifteen people in the crowd, and it felt like a real moment." I was just, I was just driving, and I was like, uh-huh. "Uh huh." That is okay. Three things:
0: <laughs> one, that is true. Uh huh. Two, that does
2: make me cool. Three, that was a personal story that I shared with you. <laughs> We thought only 15 people were going to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to console Tanner.
0: Um, Let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, please. Um, What's my name? What do we do? How do we do this? You're Jack Shepard.
2: I'm Tanner Greenring.
1: No,
0: no, no, no. Claudia's wearing No, I don't. Baby Nation. Thank you so much for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. You're welcome. This week we read a novel that was called Babysitters Club Super Mystery Number One Babysitters Haunted House. Next time we do a live show,
2: if honestly turnout was pretty good. we yeah, could probably said... do another one. I feel great about it. <laughs> Littlefield probably won't have us back because I poured <laughs> an entire glass of wine all over their stage, but.
0: Next time we do a live show, we're going to be reading a little novel called Babysitter's Club Super Mystery Number 2. There are only four. Babysitter's Beware. By Jeannie Bettencourt. I, this week, have been Jack Alexander Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. And have been, this week...
2: all i can find <laughs> baby nation
0: and assorted guests please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom drown all of your dolls call your senator and demand your right to bear time and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as i do and tanner you have a part coming up baby nation remember the delaney's
2: God, it's been so long. Remember the trip, man.
0: (laughs) And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks. You would think that boys Boys had had just just been been
1: invented. invented. 86 and go. Cur-cur. That was a head gum podcast.